Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, episode 37. Having a partner to travel with is one of the best things about being in a relationship, at least if you ask me. But that's not to say that every adventure is perfect. As a couple who travel pretty often, we've developed a few rules for traveling with your partner to make sure you come home still together and full of good stories. Let's get to it. Three days until takeoff. Are you ready? Countdown. Haven't gotten the notification to check in yet. And I haven't started packing, so I would say we're not ready. (laughs) Not even close. But we do this a little bit. Travel together. And this seemed like a good episode for the week since we will be leaving in three days for a work-related trip. It's a good preemptive ass whooping (laughs) for both of us. Would you like to explain the preemptive ass whooping? So preemptive ass whoopings are when you talk about what is going to happen and you feel like you haven't done anything wrong. Yes. And it's just like, I haven't even done anything wrong yet, but I'm getting the pep talk of all the things that I'm going to do wrong. And how I shouldn't do them wrong. Well, we actually have already done something wrong because we forgot to get a babysitter for Jetta. Well, we've solved that. So (laughs) one down there. Thankfully, (laughs) we have that figured out. And thankfully, we live close to family that's very flexible so that five days in advance, we can be like, oh my gosh, can you watch our dog? So this episode comes from like, traveling is great. A lot of people love it, but there's a hidden side of traveling that is not really talked about a lot, which is the act of actually getting there or coming back from it. And what I would like to call perhaps might bring out challenges that are not the best version of ourselves. That's so true. I think the stress of traveling like grates on those bad frayed edges that you have and magnifies them. So... We are going to go through a couple things today that I have done with you and you have done with me to try to make a version of ourselves that is tolerable while traveling. Tolerable. (laughs) And maybe even could enjoy each other's company. Imagine that. Yes. I would say we are really lucky to travel a lot together, both for personal reasons and for work reasons. There was a while there that we went somewhere pretty much every single month. And I think this year's been a little bit slower, so we didn't have a lot of travel this summer. But we often are on airplanes, sometimes two or three times in a month, like we will each be over the next month. And a lot of times we get to go together, which is cool because my work is really easy to do remotely. So a lot of times when you're traveling for work, I get to come too. So we've learned a lot of this. The other thing that we did to learn about traveling together is we actually studied abroad together in college. So I had the crazy idea that we should live overseas for three months or four months, a full semester. And we took off almost every single weekend somewhere new. So I would say that's when we learned really to travel as a couple. Yes. I think we've gotten better at it as we've gone too. Of course. Though I think we develop new issues over time too. But a lot of the issues that we have are kind of expected at this point (laughs) and we know what's coming and we can get ready for it mentally. And that definitely helps. But I want to share some thoughts about traveling with your partner, because I really think that one of the best things about being in a relationship and having a partner is that you can experience new things together and you have the ability to 
see the world or see new places and have someone to experience that with you. So I really would like to encourage all couples to travel. I think it's a great way to break out of your everyday and keep relationships from feeling really stale and boring and less than alive. So I think travel, even just one time a year as a couple, can be really restorative and really allow people to reconnect. And I say get in a TSA line together and feel some aliveness oh real fast. <laughs> feel that blood boil. As Rush the, of emotion and passion. As the old man in front of you doesn't realize he doesn't have to take off his shoes. Yeah, that's certainly something. I think we're going to get to that yep. in just a moment according to our show outline. But... First, I want to go through what we've decided are our three rules for traveling with your partner. And the very first is to establish roles and responsibilities. So this comes from like, you can't rely on one person to do everything. So there has to be roles and responsibilities during the day of travels. You know, checking in if you're flying on an airplane, bags, how many bags are you taking, managing said bags. I come to school, you pack it, you carry it. I love that school. I agree with it. Yep. Packing stuff, you know, like obviously packing your own clothes, but then do you have other stuff you need to take along with it? Like I usually pack Jetta stuff. If you have kids, you need to pack the kids stuff. Who's going to do that? All that good stuff. And then trip planning in general as well. Like Plan And I really like planning your timing. Like, when are you going to leave for the airport? How long do you need to have at the airport? Does one person desire a longer time at the airport than is required? I have a personal best, which is 14 minutes from car to airplane. I would love to beat that. What? When was that? I was running late. <gasps> I got started late. I was. It was a short business trip. I got to park in short-term parking because I would have missed a flight. So I paid <gasps> a little bit extra for the day and a half that I was gone. And I timed it. And I went from when my car door shut to when I put my first foot on the airplane, it was 14 <gasps> minutes. Were you in a big airport? What airport? Is that Detroit? No. Is that DTW? DTW? That is terrifying. Well, that's why we'll get in one of my idiosyncrasies, too. I have one speed on the airport. Fast, fast, fast. Well, and I don't necessarily require hours in advance, but I don't want to feel like I'm rushing. So 14 minutes and allowing that much time to get onto the airplane would not work for me. I like at least an hour. And this is something that we figured out over time discussing, hey, when do we need to start driving? When do you want to arrive at the airport to feel comfortable that we're going to get through security? When do we need to plan to arrive back and have enough time to return a rental car or something like that? So that's one of those things that I think as a couple, it's really helpful to talk through in advance that day of departure and the day of return to figure out how much time everyone needs to feel happy and comfortable. Um, and if anybody wants to challenge my time too, oh my gosh. I was a single traveler. I was alone. Carry on. Driving and parking my own vehicle. So those are kind of the parameters. Feel free to beat me. <laughs> but it has to be at a similarly sized airport. I think that would be a fair assessment too. Yes. Because if we were at Kalamazoo, Michigan at five o'clock in the morning, that you would could do be it in seven easy. Minutes. Yes. Because mm -hmm. there's no one in the line and the parking lot is right by the entrance to the terminal. If you do it in seven minutes, you can get ranked as the fastest traveler from door from car to airplane for a small airport. 
will allow it. I can own it for a big airport until beaten. <laughs> I'm not going to go against you. <laughs> so roles and responsibilities, talking through the things that need to happen before you can leave, especially that can really help you to make sure you're not making any assumptions about what your partner's going to take care of that they're not aware of. So, you know, if it's checking in with your Airbnb host in advance or double checking that you did, in fact, make that hotel reservation, who's in charge of the hotel reservations, who's in charge of your lodging, probably the person that booked it should also be the person that's confirming. But, you know, just making sure that you talk through everything that needs to get done to make the trip successful. Obviously, you're not going to remember everything, but as much as you can clarify as far as roles and expectations, I think that really helps when traveling. Number two is recognizing your idiosyncrasies. And I think this is two-way street. You have to recognize what you have. and you have Those to be annoying open. things yes. <laughs> that your partner does not like about the way you travel. And your part, you have to be open to wrecking self discovery and recognizing them yourself and you have to have an open mind and heart to hear maybe some idiosyncrasies that you have not thought about from your partner as well and the whole reason why this is on the list is to do your best to become a better version of yourself while traveling (laughs) not the best version of yourself but the better version of yourself while traveling that maybe is not so easily annoyed with your partner and the weird things that they do to make themselves feel comfortable Babe, would you like to give an example of this? I have one speed, as fast as possible. Does not matter if we're on time or way ahead of schedule or if we are way behind. I've got one speed, and it is flying breakneck down the airport from gate to gate. Um, It is not just flying breakneck. I also call this speed angry with every old lady (laughs) who dilly-dallies throughout the airport as if she has all day to get where she's going. Bud will bob and weave around that lady in very close proximity because he only has one speed. And it does not matter if we have a four-hour layover. He needs to get where we're going as fast as possible. Wherever that next stop may be. Yep. It's at one of the airport bars or whether it's just to the gate or the bathroom. doesn't matter. We are moving. We're making progress forward as fast as possible. So I've learned (laughs) to handle this. To keep up. And I actually, I'm not sure if I recognized that this was a thing until like the last couple years when I was like, we are not in a hurry. Like, why are you still walking so fast? Why are you still trying to find the most (laughs) efficient route from gate T to terminal B at the Atlanta airport? It doesn't matter. We have basically all day to make this transition. And yet you are still like, hurry, hurry. We got to make the next tram. So I've recognized this recently that this is what makes you feel comfortable. And I've decided to just embrace it. And occasionally, if I can't walk fast enough, I just tell you to keep going. Or I express that your speed isn't working for me. Which I won't keep going. I'm not going to leave you alone. I appreciate when you express that you can't keep up with me. But it's still like, I don't know why. It just drives me crazy that like we don't walk next to each other in the airport either. No, because I don't want to. I know I don't want to take up too much space. People but need to I get don't past know if us. I'm going to lose you, and you're going too slow if I'm behind you. <laughs> 
again, things that annoy you. What did you say about my shoes that one time? These were not travel approved shoes. Did you call <laughs> I did th- tell these are them not that. fast shoes? These are not fast shoes. I, I had cute ban shoes those on. shoes. I had cute shoes on, but I could not walk at regular bud speed. And he was like, I don't care if you look cute while you travel. I would rather you move fast. <laughs> so that was something that we worked through and had some ominous conversation around. And I've, I have since found some shoes that I find cute that also don't slip off my feet. and Cute don't fast make, shoes. Yes, they are cute fast shoes. And they so, work great, don't they? They do. <laughs> so thank you, Allbirds. Hashtag not sponsored. Another thing that I get great joy out of is picking the right TSA line to join. This is just entertainment. This, this is, is gambling. You have to have a little bit of fun with your day. Yes. And TSA lines are not fun. That's just not where, it's where fun goes to die for the most part. So when you're given two or three options, once you are approved to go through security, Bud likes to rate the passengers in front of us to see who looks fastest. And it's purely a gut instinct on who I think understands the procedures. True. At the end of the day, the procedures and your knowledge of them is what clearly defines speed in terms of fast to slow or slowest to potentially fastest. If you don't understand or comprehend the procedures from the nice TSA people, then you will undoubtedly be slower than a line that does clearly understand the procedures. So when you see the businessman with the carry-on only in the suit who looks like he does this twice a week. Slip-on shoes. That is the line you pick. No jacket or a light jacket. Yep. Those are like clear markers of somebody who understands the program. So good. I suppose since my (laughs) idiosyncrasy is on the show outline, I will bring this up in your honor. I have been called out recently for sitting around in the security gate area and not deciding I need to use the bathroom until boarding is called. So we could sit there for two hours and I don't get up. But as soon as they start going, Okay, now boarding, anyone that needs special assistance for flight 278, I'm like, oh, man, I should probably go to the bathroom now. And Bud's like, um... You've had all this time. Because going to the bathroom is not just like... When they start to notify now boarding, special assistance is like the opportunity that you can close your laptop and put your bags together and get ready to go. But not enough time is available. But then you have to go do that and then go to the bathroom. And I understand the frustration because it's not like I don't know when they're going to start calling boarding. Every single boarding pass has departure time and boarding time. So if I just paid a little more attention to when they were going to start boarding, I could probably set myself a timer. And this is not like I love to get on an airplane early, often because we are traveling with carry-ons. And so does everybody else want to get their carry-on onto a plane too. So in order to make sure you have the overhead space, because they're still not making planes big enough with enough overhead space for whatever reason. Not when they charge for you to take a checked bag, then everyone tries to carry on. So then you've got to earn that space by getting on early. (laughs) By elbowing poor old ladies. I have never physically pushed anybody out of the (laughs) way. That's true. I have not so gracefully navigated through. Oh, is that what we call it? I have. I have not so gracefully navigated to the front of the line for 
it's our time to board and not anybody else and not not the rest of the plane's time to board but so that has not been a most graceful thing but i have never pushed an old woman down <laughs> or at all <laughs> or even at if all. she didn't fall <laughs> but yes you you certainly do earn your place near the front of the line so the way that we have solved this is that I keep track of the time and roles and responsibilities. I keep track of the time and I give Sarah a very polite, helpful nudge around, hey, now would be a perfect time to go to the bathroom. Which is very helpful, though it still kind of irritates me. And when she resists me, I politely remind her that this is the time to go to the bathroom now. And now that we've talked it through, I think I'll absorb it better on Thursday. (laughs) We've done really good lately, I think. I think so too. I think so too. See? And that brings us to the third point, which is to have patience. I think this is so important because I think expectations can be very high around travel, especially if it's one of those big, like an anniversary trip or something you've saved up for a really long time. You've seen this place online and you've been dying to go for years and you finally make it happen. And expectations are huge. And it's really hard in that mindset to accept that anything might go wrong. And I'm here to remind you that something will go wrong when you travel with your partner. And it's so important to not get mad at each other for those things that happen, but instead to both look at the problem rather than pointing blame and see if you can collaborate on a solution. And I think it's just about having the patience around that you're not your best version of yourself. You might be tired. You, you might, might have tired. flown hundreds of, or not hundreds of hours, I guess, but, you know, a lot of hours. Thousands of miles. Yes. Whatever. And that just like, you know, we're going to let that roll off the back today. Maybe come back and address it at a different time. But doesn't yes. have to be solved right at that moment. You've got a lot of time constraints around travel. You know, that's the thing that I think should, another thing that should be recognized is a series of events have to go right at the right time in order for you to get where you want to go. And if you take the moment to work through and process this issue, that could delay any one of those important time slots that you need to hit. And you're not going to do it in a well-organized fashion. So just let it roll off the back. Put it in the parking lot, come back to that later, and and work it on it with your partner at that time. I agree. I think don't ruin your trip by getting worked up about little details or things that went wrong. It's so important to be able to move on quickly and remind yourself that spending your trip mad at each other is a really good way to ruin a trip. And it's something you can totally control. There's a lot of things outside of your control when you travel. You don't know if your flight's going to be late. You don't know if the rental car company is going to lose your reservation. You don't know if your Airbnb got double booked. Those are things that you can't control, but your attitude towards that and towards your partner is something you can control. So there have been a lot of trips where weird stuff has happened to us and we have tried to make the best of it. I remember a particular great stories. Oh, sure. Yeah. I I mean, I will never forget our hotel in Paris, which as college students, we tried to find something that looked minorly safe, but for very cheap. And that wasn't a hostel. Also traveling like Priceline and Travelocity were like brand new things. They were out for a while, but they like, there's not like the deep knowledge around like rating. 
and I mean, pictures and like there wasn't as, as much pictures. as there is now. No, but I was on booking.com reading ratings when I booked these. I don't honestly know what happened because we had a lot of successful trips where we stayed in places we liked and that were fine. But this place in Paris apparently was not what I was advertised because we had to take the metro way out to wherever this was. And when we got there, it was getting dark. So everything felt a little bit scarier. And as we walked to this hotel, I did not feel safe. I was like, this isn't a good neighborhood. I don't like what's going on here. And, but I didn't know what else to do because I think this is when we traveled without a cell phone. Yeah, we didn't have cell phones. Yeah, so we could not make quick pivots the way that we can now. When I just pull out my phone, I'm like, hey, this this restaurant doesn't look good. Let's find something else. It was like we made our reservation from the computer lab at the university and there was no way to change it. So like we were in. So we walked to this hotel and checked in. Hotel was really sketchy. We got in the room, which was the smallest hotel room I've ever seen. There was only room to walk around the queen size bed, like one foot on every (laughs) side. The bed was the only thing in the room. And I was like, but I am not leaving this room to go out in the neighborhood again. We only have one night here and I'm not leaving. So I'll skip dinner. Like, (laughs) do not leave this hotel room. And... I wandered down to the convenience store and got a couple bags of potato chips and, you know, a sandwich or something. I hid under the covers and in this hotel room until the next day and ate chips for dinner. And it wasn't great. And it was my fault because I had booked the hotel room. But I give you a lot of credit for knowing that I was already uncomfortable and upset about the hotel and that picking on me didn't make it any better. Not going to solve it. And so you made the best of the situation, got us potato chips, and told me it actually wasn't as sketchy if you went in the opposite direction from the metro station, and it turned out fine. But I would say that that was a really good example of having patience, because it was not a great situation, but you chose not to make it worse. And I think that in this instance now with today's technology, I can remember a a trip with my family to Denver where we got booked into a room that was like not habitable. Oh no. And a small hotel that was like not going to work. And I don't even think we stayed there. And it was just like, nope. Mom and dad were like, nope, this ain't going to work. We're you had to drive else. to another hotel, we right? Somewhere else. Yep, we figured something else out. And it was just like, this is not going to happen. And I remember that, and I think I used that that experience with this. is like, we will be fine. This was habitable, mm-hmm. not preferred maybe location, but it was plenty habitable. And I think for today, like... There's so many pieces of technology. If if you get stuck with a bad Airbnb, like get on another website and book something else. Drive if there's no vacancy, drive 15 minutes to the next town over. Like the ability for you to find a hotel now or a place to stay is probably rel- probably higher than it ever has been before. Oh, for sure. And I mean, the ability to find a new restaurant if the one you're planning to go to actually doesn't turn out looking too good. Yes. It It's so much easier to travel than it ever has been. So, I mean, this is 
totally off the the show outline, but I mean, there's no excuses for not using the technology at your disposal to make yourself have a better experience. It's making travel easier than it ever has been before to be able to look things up on the fly and to understand where you are at all times. If you've got GPS turned on on a phone, I mean, I remember so many times that we traveled together without a cell phone that we just got lost. We had to argue with each other over what way north was oftentimes when we got into a city. And I'm a Girl Scout, so I'm pretty well aware what direction north is. I'm a Cub Scout. I have no idea where north is, but I have a better (laughs) sense of direction than you do, (laughs) Mrs. Girl Scout. (laughs) Um, I know the sun rises in the east, okay? Got like 17 silver arrows. Or something like that. Is that a Cub Scout thing? I don't know. It sounds, me. it sounds very impressive. Yep, very impressive. Merit badges all over the place. All kinds of merit badges. North, being able to locate North, probably not one of them. Honey, this is why we would do great in The Amazing it's Race. The Amazing Race, yeah. <laughs> so if there's any casting yep. directors listening, we are available. I would definitely take... See, I want The Amazing Race to be where you can tra- where you have to travel with your dog. With your pet. Can you imagine an amazing race where you're traveling with your pet? No, I would yes. not put her through that as she's like snoring on her bed right now. She said, could you imagine us on, was it NBC? Like, I got my backpack on and I got Jetta strapped to the chest and we're running Oh my gosh, she's on the front and the backpack's little, on the back. And no. her little legs are no. just kind of waving around. <laughs> that's, that's not going to do. But it's fine because we could find last minute babysitting for her. It'd be like a roadblock. You have to you have to teach your dog to do this trick. That's a oh, roadblock. No. We'd struggle. We'd struggle without any treats. Uh, so anyway. Take the bumps in the road. Bumps will happen. Take the bumps in the road. Chalk them up to that they're going to happen and that they're going to make great stories someday. Totally. So even if this is your big, huge, special trip, it's even better when something happens that's unexpected. So take that perspective about it and have some patience. That is our rule number three. And we like to end every episode with... Competent Couples Challenge, something you can use today and be put into action right away in your relationship. Actionable piece of advice is the words I was trying to find. And I would say recognizing your idiosyncrasies around travel. I think it has been a game changer for us and our ability to become a better version of ourselves. And for you two to have a fun, candid giggly conversation around the dumb stuff you do while you're traveling is a great thing for you to do today. Um, how might you recommend someone bring up that conversation? In a preemptive ass whooping. Oh, Before okay. a meeting or before, not before a meeting, before a travel. It's like, hey, I know that here's a good example for ours. Because I remember you telling me like, hey, you're flying all over this airport. We are in no rush. You're like two hours. Like, why are you doing this? Like, well, I just got one speed. That's how I'm doing it. It's like, okay, well, we don't have to do it. Well, that's just what we're going to do. So we learned that. Or you're killing me every time you go to the bathroom. It's like when we're boarding. What can we we do about that? Discuss a strategy for improvement. So that's what I would love for you to do is to discuss your idiosyncrasies together Probably over a beverage. Please, Typically, some beverages. best timing is to do it right before you're going on a trip so you're all prepped and planned together. And then you can laugh about it while you're doing it. Be like, 
hey, you're doing that walking too fast thing. I'm not advocating that you change a dang thing. <laughs> Just advocating that you recognize them. That's <laughs> a good plan. <laughs> all right. That's all I have on this. Thanks for listening and cheers to Confident Couples. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Confident Couples podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode. Post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.